Hey guys, what's up? I am Kirsten and you are listening to The Waxing Podcast. I just wanted to start off this episode with just simply saying how thankful I am for you guys. And um, my last episode with Alyssa was just so successful. And I put out the hashtag, the no filter esthetician hashtag. And to be honest, I am blown away with how many people participated in it. I, you know, I've done things in the past, have like challenged people to do, I don't know, just things. And I've gotten no responses that's okay and I think you should always put yourself out there even if you don't know that the outcome is going to be just wow or if it's going to be a dud I think that's like the whole point and just putting yourself out there on Instagram but guys I am like so blown away I just am so happy that the people that participated participated because they felt like they wanted to show off their fresh skin so yeah thank you guys that was awesome and if you guys wanted to follow and see what I'm talking about I am on Tampa Waxer and that is on Instagram and then I also have my Facebook page the waxing podcast and I'm still kind of working on getting that started I don't really know what that platform is going to mean for me yet, but I'm always in there talking and getting people to, to discuss. So yeah, that's always fun too. So I thought it would be really fun and hopefully useful to you guys for me to talk about like contraindications to waxing. Um, I was actually just looking at my book that I got whenever I was in school seven years ago. And, you know, at the time I didn't want to be a waxer. I had no interest in becoming a waxer. So when it was time for me to learn that particular subject, I feel like I don't even really remember it other than, of course, my little infamous story about me waxing a piece of paper. But like when it came to doing like the studying and like the book work and things like that, I really didn't remember. So I pulled out the book. And I died laughing because if you guys go to the section of uh, waxing and it's the Milady's book, I don't know what edition it is. And if you guys are in school now and you guys have like a newer edition and it's way more complex, um, I want to know about it because when I was in school and I flipped my book over for reference, um, waxing was exactly uh, seven pages, seven pages to teach you all about waxing and I'm not kidding you it was like the most basic information right it was like what is soft wax what is hard wax and this is how you wax an eyebrow with a face diagram and that's like about it it was actually so funny and I'm like god there is so much more to waxing no wonder people leave school and don't choose this industry right away because the lack of knowledge is insane like I feel like to get a good perspective on waxing you just have to be the lucky one to get someone as a teacher who favors that um, chapter or who just favors that service and I definitely did not get that person so um, I hope that this is really helpful for you guys I wanted to talk about contraindications because like I just said I didn't really find anything about it in the book and for me personally contraindications have been things that have happened while they've happened so unfortunately like I've been through situations where like I lift somebody or I forget to ask something and then something goes wrong and then of course I find out later on or after I'm having the conversation with them so I wanted to give you guys just 
like a clear list and like why and then if it happens and whatnot. So this is for if you have a client, um, when should you wax them? When should you not wax them? And then like what to do if you don't ask them, forget to ask them or they lie, which happens all the time. People, you know, they want to get their brows waxed. So when you ask them all these questions and they think you're asking because you're not going to do them, they get a little bit hesitant, right? They have something to do that weekend. They don't want you to turn their service down. So I wanted to start off with more of the basics and then I will work my way down and I made a list right here. So what you want to ask your client before any facial services is just simply like, have you had a facial recently? So a facial can mean a lot of different things. And some people just simply do like a hydrating facial from their esthetician, whereas some people do a peel, microdermabrasion, dermaplaning. So there's a lot of different ones. So I always ask if they've done a facial and then what was included in their facial. And sometimes people don't know, so I like to list out a couple of things, right? I'll say, okay, so you did get a facial. Did you get a peel? Was it more of a relaxation facial? Did you get dermaplaning done? Um, What was like the goal? And normally when I see that my client has like breakouts and stuff like that, I know as an esthetician that I go into things solving problems like that with peels. So that's usually who I keep my eye out from when I see them for the first time, right? Is their skin, like what's their issues? And do I think that they're using stuff? Um, Even estheticians are using stuff with them. So facials have to do with peels and it has to do with even like hard exfoliators so you just have to really be specific in like which facial that they're doing Um, another one is Botox so Botox is something that you can get after waxing but not before waxing. So um, like, for instance, I had a client come in and she was talking to me and she was like, yeah, like I just came for my Botox appointment. Well, one of the main reasons why you can't do a waxing service after a Botox service is because the face can't get massaged or it can't really be touched or be abrasively touched by anything. No clarisonics, no massaging of the, you know, Uh, hands, whatever else it may be. But another reason why is actually because a client shouldn't really be laying down after getting Botox. So when we're doing services, we basically have them propped or laid down and you guys might be doing brows sitting up, but it's always just safe to tell them, you know, 14 days after you can come back and get a wax and then remind them that you can get the wax as long as you do it before the Botox. Because if you do it before the Botox, there's no problems. Um, this is a really, really big one. So um, any retinoids, retin-A's, or vitamin A's. So these are going to be your exfoliants of the skin. People can use these anywhere from one time a week to three times a week, depending on what their dermatologist or what their facialist tells them. So the reason why people cannot use retin-A's, vitamin A's, retinoids is simply because when putting that on the skin, it is exfoliating the skin chemically. So double exfoliation with wax leads to too much exfoliation, which then leads to lifting. I have people tell me all the time, 
hey, Kirsten, I only use it on this pimple right here on my cheek. And how I explain that to them is even though you're just spot treating, once that gets into your dermis level, it actually, you know, affects the whole face. So that's super common. And I always just try to be as explaining as possible so people understand because some people, if they just say they've spot treated, sometimes waxers will think that that's okay and enough and they can still lift their clients. So anytime someone's using product on the face, it doesn't have to be anywhere near the brows. The chemicals still go into the skin and they move around the skin. So it will affect the whole face no matter what. Um, Over-the-counter active ingredients. This is another one. Um, and really the main product that I've come across with having any problems is like different or, you know, the benzoyl peroxides or the salicylic acids that are over the counter. And more so the reason why is because, I don't know, they're not really stable in how much active ingredients there are. I don't really love over-the-counter products for this reason, but that's another one that you want to stay clear from. And then salicylics, glycolic acids, and lactic acids. So a lot of people don't know what this means. So if they say no, but you're suspecting that they're doing it anyway, just because you're looking at their skin and their concerns and what they might be doing at home to solve those problems, um, I usually get a little bit more specific, right? I'm like, okay, well, what cleansers are you using? Or do you use a toner? Is that toner meant to help like with any blemishes or hyperpigmentation? Because people people are more relatable to be able to answer and know what that means. But if people are using a toner and they're using it for like sun damage or things like that, nine out of 10 times they're using a glycolic acid. And then salicylic acid, of course, when they are having breakouts and they are trying to treat that. So some people know what that is, but some people don't. So I always try to like go in layman's terms and just kind of say, okay, well, what facial wash are you using? And And I think I've been in the industry for a while now that I like pretty much can guesstimate when they say a cleanser, how active the cleanser is, or if it's from Sephora, if it's from a professional, or if it's from, you know, CVS. So those are definitely probably the main ones that I come across the most. Um, If I'm forgetting one, I do apologize. But those are going to be for the whole face, right? So not just brows, Um, lip, chin, uh, face sides, and whatever else. But don't worry because I always tell people we can tweeze anything that can't be waxed. The only thing that I choose not to tweeze are like lip area because it hurts so bad. And I mean, obviously face side is a bigger area, but I can tweeze somebody's whole brows and I am always very confident with them when I tell them that it's fine. I will tweeze your brows and you'll love them just like a wax. It just takes a little bit more time no problem. And then their chin, like I'll grab the obvious ones. It's just obviously we can't grab every single little vellus blonde hair, but you know, you can do your best. And that kind of wraps up, I think most of them. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) So um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit and kind of the same topic, but I want to talk about when you do lift a client, right? So let's say that you asked all the questions or even let's say that you didn't ask all the questions, you forgot, you're busy, it happens, I've literally done it. Or let's say a client actually lies, which sometimes I've I've definitely had that happen to me. And maybe sometimes it's not their fault, but I think they just want to get waxed. And so they're just telling you what they want to hear. Um, so what to do when you lift a client. So first of all, Um, always stop immediately and hopefully that area that you lift is just 
like, you know, I wouldn't keep going on the whole brows and just think, okay, this spot lifted, maybe the rest won't. I would stop immediately. And this is where the conversation varies between waxers. And I just want to personally say, we should always own up to our mistakes. I have lifted people before. Obviously, I've been in this industry now waxing exclusively for three years. I would be lying and I and a lot of people would be lying if they said they have never lifted anyone. It's how you handle it. And I have lifted people that have come back to me month and month and months later because of how I have handled the situation. Have you guys ever had somebody come to you and say, oh, like the last girl burned me? And that's definitely a huge possibility that they could have indeed burned the person. But also, you know, I always like to say, that it also could be lifting and it's just a lack of education that people get from other waxers because in my opinion I think that burns and lifting look the same to a client I think that you and me could be able to figure it out but um yeah I mean it gets read kind of the same and I don't I want to back up a little bit because I don't know if everyone knows what lifting is so lifting is basically when you put wax on to the hair and it grabs the skin and it pulls the skin off whenever you pull the wax off so I do believe believe that hard wax is less likely to lift a person but I do know because I do use soft wax that to lift a person is a lot more common and easy if you are using it because not only does it attach to the hair but it grabs onto the skin as well so lifting basically looks really shiny as soon as you do it right so there's it's almost red it's shiny and some people get just red from waxing but this is definitely a little bit different and if I can't tell if they've been lifted I like to just take a little bit of like aloe vera or you could even do like witch hazel and just place it on there and ask them if they feel that and if it hurts And if a client says that that burns, then chances are they've been lifted. So that is what a lift is. It's pretty easy to tell once you've done like enough of them or, you know, whatever else. But if you guys try to Google it, it literally is like the worst case scenarios. So like I always tell my clients, I'm like, hey, listen, this is what happened. Please do yourself a favor and don't Google it because I have never been able to find a mild lift, right? Everyone always posts the pictures of themselves when they look like freaking Freddy Krueger like if you guys even know what I'm talking about just google lifting from waxing and see what you find it is like horrible so um yes whenever I have lifted a client because it definitely will happen you just want to be straight up and honest about it and you don't want to freak a client out so I really really casually mention it I'm like hey so I just did a strip on your brow everything looks fine but you've been lifted and I want to explain to you what that is and then I basically go into what lifting is why it's not a big deal, how they can take care of it, why it will only be an inconvenience for a couple of days, and how I'm going to change up the appointment with them next time so that this will not happen. So I can kind of walk you guys through that right now. So I just back away and I'm like, hey, so, um, you know, everything looks good. I your brow has been lifted and I want to explain to you what lifting is so lifting is something that happens when the skin has been over exfoliated either chemically or mechanically and then wax has also exfoliated it so too much exfoliation to the skin can cause what is known as as 
what is known as lifting. So lifting is not a big deal. Um, Basically, what you do is take care of it by putting on some Neosporin. It only lasts about a couple of days. It's a little bit shiny and makeup is, is a little bit annoying to go onto it. But that's about it. So you will not scar. You will not have any long-term anything. It's just a few days. And if you've lifted today, chances are you might have lifted in the past and maybe have mistaked it for a burn. So how we're going to do this different is I'm going to stop waxing you and then I am going to pluck you. And at this moment, guys, if you want to give them the mirror so they can see it, it's I would totally do that. And because a lot of them are thinking, oh, my God, what the hell just happened? So I always give my clients the mirror and I'm like, OK, so see what see what I mean here. I'm going to put some Neosporin on it now to calm it down. Um, you'll just continue to put Neosporin on it in the future. It takes about a couple of days. So I'm going to stop. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to tweeze you. And then the next time you come in, I'm going to do a full tweeze. And why I do this is because I let that section heal for a whole two months. So for the next time you come in, it will be four weeks later. I will tweeze. I will let your brows continue to heal. And then you should be good after that and how you can help me is by next time you know making sure if you're using any active ingredients at home you want to discontinue seven days prior so if you're using any retin-a's if you're using any glycolics any salicylics any facial products clarisonics anything that's going to give your skin too much of an exfoliation before waxing is what I recommend now if people are on like an Accutane because I forgot to mention that before for contraindications but that one's a huge one if people are on Accutane, don't even try to wax them. It's just not going to work. They will lift. Their skin is so thin. It is the strongest form of vitamin A in the body. And if they continue to lift even the next time, I mean, just again, be honest with them, but then change them to a tweezing client. Or if they hate the tweezing so much, you know, refer them to a threader. I know that it's not ideal, but the last thing you want to do is, you know, continuously lift somebody. It's just never something you want to continuously keep explaining to your client. So yeah, switch them, make them a tweezing client, send them to a um, threader. Or if you use hard wax, it might be a different situation. Maybe you can pull out your hard wax and try with that. Maybe soft wax is just not for them. But yeah, I don't mind tweezing people. I think that if it keeps me safe and I think if it keeps their skin safe, I'm super happy. So that's kind of your basics with just contraindications. Um, That's your basics with what to do if you lift somebody. And I just want to talk about a couple other things that might happen during a waxing treatment, especially with facials. And this goes with body waxing as well. And I'll kind of tie this one in with body waxing. So this has been happening so much more commonly because of the coronavirus, people were taking a very long break on their eyebrows. And so what I've had happen in the past and how I've handled it versus now is like insanely different because, um, and this is like a funny story. So when I first started dating my now fiance, um, he was getting his brows done by his barber and they were so disgusting. Like he's Italian, he has really good brows. And this barber was just taking his like razor and just like razoring the top in the middle. And he was like really straightening his brows out and just not giving them their natural arch. So I remember being like long into dating him and being like, okay, you need to come to me to get your brows done because your brows need help and you need to tell your barber to stop freaking touching them. So uh, he comes to me 
and I'm doing his brows. Mind you, he's never had his brows done. And I'm like pulling off the strips. Everything's good. He doesn't wear any facial products. I can hardly get this man to wear from freaking sunscreen. So I'm just waxing away. And when I get to the bottom, I notice that the top of his brows are like completely reacting, right? He's having these huge welts around the brows. And I'm like, holy shit, what did I just do? And I remember my owner being there and I like went out and I was like, hey, so my fiance, well now fiance, but I'm like, Jeremy is having a reaction. I don't know what to do. Like, is this normal? And she came in and was kind of like, yes, it's fine, you know, and then we put some cortisone on it. So later on, I realized that his brows were acting and reactive like that because he was having a histamine reaction. So this is something that is so common with clients as well. Um, clients that don't get waxing done very often, their bodies go into like this histamine reaction. I don't know why I did that. Histamine, like his. All right. I don't know. Weird. (laughs) Anyway, so clients go into this histamine reaction, right? So their body just doesn't really know what it's doing. And so it sends this response up. So this is very common. And when the brows start to welt up around it, it's literally no big deal. Of course, again, own up to what happened and then put some cortisone cream. You should all have that in the back bar just in case and put some cortisone cream over it and then say, hey, this is probably going to be like this for a couple of hours. It's just your body's reaction of not knowing what the heck you just did to, you know, your skin. This should be fine after a couple hours. And if it's not fine, just give me a call and then we'll reevaluate. But this is pretty common. I've had this happen like quite a few times recently. And then same with body waxing. Histamine reactions come in different forms. So when the legs are getting waxed, those little tiny red dots, that is also a histamine reaction. Those are very short-term lived. They don't last very long and they're super common. A lot of people refer to those as strawberry skin. So when people ask about those, super common. And how I always like people to relate, I'm always like, yeah, this happens to me every single time. It's fine. Or, you know, when my brows don't get done for a long time, this happens. And same with lifting, guys. I always make people feel so much better when I say I've lifted myself before. I forgot that I was using a cleanser and I did my own brows and lifted the bottom of my eyebrow. It only lasted about a couple of days and, you know, it was annoying, but it was fine because the minute that they realized that you did it, you're okay and you went through something like that, like the trust just is so much better between client and waxer relationship. I always like refer back to stuff that happens to me, which is why I wax everything on my body because I definitely want to have all the things done so that I know exactly how to present them to my client. So histamine reactions are also very common. And then when someone gets as red as a freaking tomato it's no big deal. They're just reactive. I have a ton of clients that are like, oh, I'm so sensitive. And I'm like, no, you're not sensitive. You're very reactive. Sensitive is like when it physically hurts. Reactive is whenever the skin turns red and then it subsides after 24 hours, 48 hours tops. And then that is whenever you just bring in your favorite back bar item. So like for me personally, I bring in Finapil every single time. 
It's my favorite product. I always say you would think I freaking made it myself because I'm so obsessed with it. But why I like it is it's an antibacteria. It's an antimicrobial for, for fungal. And it goes into all the follicles that have been waxed. It coats them and then it sends this cooling sensation that actually takes down the inflammation from any facial body waxing. So it's actually pretty cool. I really like that one a lot. But you can use um, aloe vera. You can use fur. You can use whatever back bar product you like. Um, the only product that I say to not use afterwards is like PFB or something with active ingredients on the face because that can be very um, irritating to the skin. So yeah, I went over contraindications. Um, I touched a little bit on Accutane towards the end and then I wanted to teach you guys how I exactly handle my lifting situations but guys like if you lift somebody please don't try to hide it please don't try to just hope that they don't realize because you know we all look at our skin and our faces a million times a day in the mirror and I promise you the first thing that I've seen so many of my clients do after a brow appointment and I literally watch them they leave they get in their car they pull the visor down and they check and they don't check because they think you sucked or did a bad job. They're just checking because we're human and that's just what we do. We want to get back in the sunlight and see if all the vellus hair is taken, but they definitely will notice. And when you lift somebody, it burns. So they will feel that too. And putting makeup, skincare products and all of that jazz, they will know. So always tell them the best things that we can do as professionals is own up to whenever things go wrong and you don't have to put the blame on yourself right you don't have to lift them and be like oh my god I'm so sorry no just rediscuss them why they lift and maybe you'll find out that they actually are using something and so then it's almost a better situation because it's their fault and it's no fault towards you right it just happens sometimes but it always happens for a reason so I like to dig through into why that happens on some people. All right, guys, I think that I'm finished up on that topic. I was so excited to talk about that topic tonight. I did not think that I was going to be 25 minutes into recording and think I would still be talking. I had it like written down in my notes and whatnot. And as you guys have listened to me beforehand, or maybe this is your first episode, I definitely just wing pretty much all of this. And I hope that that's like the style that you guys are into because sometimes I write down notes, but I do not outline this stuff. I just kind of go with the flow. And if there's more to add, I, you know, bring it up later, even if it's not the topic anymore. And it's just, it's what I do. It's my thing. So um, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. As always, if you guys have any questions, you can reach out to me on Tampa Waxer on Instagram. You can DM me if you guys have ideas or thoughts or that you've come up with like an episode that you think would be really helpful for people, just let me know. I'm always looking for different topics. I hope you guys have a great week. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope you guys have a good night, good morning, whenever you are listening to this. And as always, I will see you guys next week.